This is Iron Mike Stedman, and on this episode of Dog Whistle Branding, Bill and I are joined by Drew O'Brien, founder and creative director of The Design Company, a full-service branding agency that leads with creativity and helps bring their clients more clients. I first met Drew back in 2018, and he's been my go-to designer ever since. Drew and his team created the brand identity for all things Ironbound, including all our logos and, more recently, the Dog Whistle branding cover art. I invited Drew on the show today to share his insights on creating a brand identity that drives revenue. Drew knows how to make brands look good, feel good, and get more clients. So make sure you're paying attention, especially if you want to build a badass Dog Whistle brand. Before you hear from Drew, make sure you sign up for the Dog Whistle branding newsletter at the link in the show notes. Be sure to also subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast hosting platform. All right, Gunny, take it away. Yo, saddle up. Lock and load. Welcome to Dog Whistle Branding, brought to you by the team at Ironbound Media and the Lions Pride, where we provide weekly tack planning on marketing, brand strategy, and category design for early and growth stage veteran-owned small businesses to keep you in the fight and not face down in a rice paddy. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, a Marine Corps veteran, godfather of Dog Whistle Branding, and CEO of Ironbound Media, a podcast production agency that helps veteran-owned businesses create, distribute, and grow branded podcasts in order to engage with your ideal audience. Each week on this series, I coach you through the different marketing, branding, and category design strategies that I've developed over the years to drive revenue and increase customer engagement. Those are the only ROI that matter for a Dog Whistle brand. I'll also include case studies where I bring on guest SMEs or business owners to provide a debrief on their dog whistle brand strategy. Before we jump into the show, make sure you subscribe to our newsletter at the link in the show notes or visit our website dogwhistlebranding.com to stay up to date on all things DWB and our work at Ironbound Media and the Lions Pride. All right, get out your pen and paper and get ready to build a dog whistle brand. Saddle up, lock and load. Drew and Bill, what's going on, gentlemen? Well, I'm glad to be here with uh, Drew. I've been an admirer from afar on the sidelines cheering him on. Now I get to hang out in the same room. Of course, any day I'm with Iron Mike Stedman, I take extra vitamins, Red Bull, and a nap. So uh, I'm uh, glad to be here. And Drew, how about you? I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think that was that was a perfect... That's a perfect setup right there. I mean, Mike's Mike's a natural Red Bull. So for our listeners, right, I'm going to tell on myself, Drew is my secret sauce, (laughs) right? I'm always posting these cool little graphics in Slack channels and on my LinkedIn and social media. And people are always asking me like, man, you know, where do you get that? Who's the designer, et cetera. And let me tell you, it's Drew. That sick dog whistle branded cover art, that was Drew. And that was actually the second one. Because a lot of times, right, he's my second set of eyes. So anytime I do something uh, visually, I pass along to Drew. He gives me the thumbs up or thumbs down. But the biggest thing that he's done for me is the legendary Ironbound Boxing logo. Mm -hmm. So that thing has been on Fox News, you know, CBS. It is like it's notorious, right? Looks sick on gear. And uh, I'm excited to get Drew on here because one of the things I want to talk about is how do we create a visual brand identity mm-hmm. that drives revenue? Mm-hmm. And Bill, we talk about this in Alliance Pride all the time, right? 
people for some reason think branding is just like a logo and, you know, a slick website, but there's mm. so much more that goes into it. Mm. And the visual identity, if I'm not mistaken, Drew, is meant to express that. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly what it is. Um, the the term that I use all the time is your brand, whether it's visual, business, anything in general with brand is your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. Mm-hmm. And that has to do with the business model. That has to do with the logo, website, social media. If you're a restaurant, what color napkins does your restaurant have, right? Everything about it is all encompassing into a brand. And yes, the visual aspect is is a massive part of that. And here's what I'm going to tell you about the Lions Pride. And Bill, I've talked to you about this. When it was the Lions Pride, Dan, was it the Lions Pride for man or something along those oh lines? My gosh. It are didn't you, speak to me. Are you trying me. to give me a bad day and some nightmares? <laughs> no, I'm just saying it didn't. But when you rebranded mm. to the Lions Pride, mm. right? Mm. I text you when your new website went up. Yep. And it said 10,000 badass founders. Yep. And I was like, yo, sign me up. Yep. You know? Yeah, yeah. But we got to have people on our team that can help us bring that stuff to life. That's correct. You know, I, <clears throat> I think there's a um, marketing strategists, uh, maybe some marketing tacticians, but there's definitely marketing makers and marketing makers are absolutely the people that make it happen. And so, you know, Drew is probably a combination of all three, uh, but I definitely have heard through you and now I get to observe myself you know, his value in being a marketing maker, meaning strategizing, uh, tactically designing, and then actually creating that visual identity, which is so per- uh, so powerful because about 85% of us, if I remember the statistics, are visual learners. And so it's not what we necessarily hear about you. This podcast is a hearing, but it's what we see about you. So it's it's uh, uh, your Ironbound logos. It's your website design. It's those um, uh, 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 character and cartoon characters that you're creating, uh, Mike. And I think Drew's behind all that badassery. <clears throat> it's then what triggers in our brain then as viewers and as potential prospect. I mean, we're always prospects, right? But as potential customers, it's like we go, I'm not quite sure but I like that. And the visual part is very subconscious and it's a trigger that, you know, causes people to write you or call you or, you know, whatever your call to action is. So Drew, you're the specialist at this, right? And we got a lot of veteran owned business leaders tuning in. How should they approach crafting that visual brand identity? Like where does it start? There's a lot of places that you can go and get a logo made or a website mm-hmm. made. And what it comes down to me is, Bill, you mentioned it earlier, is the sauce, right? How how do you start the process? Because there's a lot of people that can create a beautiful logo. There's a lot of people that can create a beautiful website. Mm-hmm. But what we do at the design company, we actually listen to the clients and we hear what they have to say and we build the business based around the business model but it's not cookie cutter it's not cliche we force or we hope that the clients that we work with are 100 authentically themselves Mm -hmm. because that's how good brands are built right it's 
it's very important to be yourself because you don't get a second chance to make a first impression. Hmm. So you want to get the entire brand on point from day one. Mm-hmm. And that starts with the kickoff call. That mm-hmm. starts with the branding questionnaire that we have. That starts with the color palette. Billy, the, what you said earlier, you were mentioning how everything's subconscious, right? When you see something that's red and yellow, you get hungry. You don't realize why, but it's because McDonald's has been hitting you with their branding for, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 years. Mm-hmm. And those colors are now associated with hunger, right? Red and yellow, ketchup, mustard, right? through the years. And that's all ingrained in their mind. So whether you're a billion dollar company that we work with, or if you're a pizzeria in New York City, you know, a mom and pop shop, the process is still the same. Mm. You need to be you. And then it's our job to take what's in our clients' brains and put it on paper, Mm -hmm. put it on a website, put it on social media and bring it to life. You know, it's very easy, like I said, to create a logo, but it's very hard to create the right Incorrect brand. Correct. Yeah. What can clients do to make it easier? Yeah, I was going to just point out, Mike. The the um, I've seen so-called brand books that people pay I don't know five grand or ten grand for. That's just full of, well, this is your font type and this is what your color palette is, and it doesn't do anything to what Drew just addressed. Nothing. You know, and so you become a virtual nothing to people and you make a horrible first impression, but the damn colors are great. So is the font type. Boy, it's awesome. But everything about using the colors and the font type, the typefaces and all this sort of stuff do not resonate. And therefore you make a terrible impression and you don't have any sales. Correct. Sorry, Mike, you you go. I was going to say what I appreciate about Drew and he has this front and center on our website. It says, we get our clients more clients. And I can attest to that. People have seen my the stuff that Drew has made for me, and they assume I'm a way bigger brand than I really am. You know, I've been hooking and jabbing with Ironbound Boxing, you know, for a minute. And the CEO of Everlast made a comment on how nice our brand aesthetics are. Yeah. And it just something as simple as a nice, clean logo, some nice marks. I just feel like that goes a long way. But I think one of the things, like you said, Bill, was that, like, I feel like Drew actually took time to, like, learn about us at Ironbound. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the secret sauce, right? You know, we've had clients at the design company where we've built them exactly what you just said, Bill. That brand guideline, that, that black on white logo, white on black, red on blue. Here are your fonts. Here's the sizes. Here's all this. And that that is very important. Don't get me wrong. Like, but it is. that's step that's step one. As business owners and marketers and entrepreneurs, step two through five billion is what people don't talk about, right? So creating right. your brand, creating your website, getting your social media on point, that's all step one. But then how do you take step one and make revenue off of step one? How do you go into step two? How do you market yourself? How do you grow your brand versus, you know, versus just creating a logo? That's why I don't even like the term agency, right? You know, Mm. the design company, we kept our name super vague because you could design anything. You could design a business plan, you could design a marketing campaign, you could design a logo. But the key thing is step two through 5 billion. And that's, How do you position yourself from a brand standpoint, whether it's visual or whether it's, 
you know, your business plan, your strategy, your mantra, your mission. And as a designer, as a graphic designer by trade, if I don't understand Mike's business before I make the logo, Mike hired the wrong person then. Mm. Right. I, I go in there and I'll ask Mike a bunch of questions. I'll go visit the space if I can, if he's local, I'll Mm -hmm. care, you know, excuse my friends, you have to give a shit about the people that you work with. And if you don't, it shows in the work. And that's why agencies and companies have clients for a year and then they leave. Mm. You know, I've known Mike for four or five years now. Mm. And that's because we also text each other. We stay up to date and we're talking about business, but that leads into every every day life, right? And it's important to keep those, what's the best way to put this? It's important to keep those, keep like-minded individuals around you mm-hmm. and continue to grow with your clients, right? Because if you just hand off a website to a client and say goodbye, then we're not doing our job. Mm-hmm. How do we get them to step two, three, four, five billion? Because it's not easy, right? Creating a website's easy. Getting people to your website's not easy. Mm-mm. Right? Pretty pictures is one thing. Revenue is another. Well, the big shift and one of the reason our listeners <clears throat> have tuned in to Mike and to his badass guests like you, Drew, is because <laughs> They supposedly have branding and marketing. They paid five grand for the brand book. They paid 2,500, five grand, 10 grand for their website. And yet they got no sales. You see, that's the gap. That's the gap. And, and, and badass marketers like Drew, all you listeners out there understand that to close that gap is damn uh, difficult. But it is the, the difference between a marketer who understands their job is to deliver leads to you that convert to sales. That's really what you care about. Not a pretty picture, not, you know, a cute typeface, a font type or whatever, all that stuff. That's all great. What you need is a marketer like Drew who says, I need to get to know you. I need to visit you. I need to hear you. We need to dive deep because I know you need sales. And that's my job, not to be your salesperson, but to queue up the leads for the salespeople or for you. If you're a, a solopreneur, you're doing the sales. And so th- this, what you just heard will save you 15 grand because you're going to, you're going to pay for a logo. You're going to pay for a brand book. You're going to pay for a website. And then you're going to lose 15 grand because you won't have any sales. Then you should do what Drew's telling you, what Iron Mike is telling you before you stroke the check for a logo or a website or anything. And then that will make your 15 grand uh, a laser beam effective. Yeah. And and that's a great point. One thing that we get a lot of times with new business owners or startups or uh, people that are scared, to be honest with you, to, to start their business, they'll reach out to us and we'll talk to them and we'll tell them our prices, which is somewhat around the prices that you were mentioning earlier, Bill, right? They were pretty on point. Oh, I can't spend 10,000 to get my brand up and running. Mm. Okay. That's, 
understandable to an extent, but really what you're doing is you're wasting time, <laughs> right? The biggest thing that entrepreneurs and business owners don't understand is if you pay us $20,000 to get you up and running from scratch, what have you done in, in a month? So if you wanted to do all that on your own, how long would that take you? Six months? Mm. especially if you have no expertise. Mm. So, and then it's the product's not going to be great. So you're going to have a billion dollar look and feel brand in four weeks for $10,000. When in reality, if you waited six months, you just lost $150,000 because you didn't have your ability to get revenue through your website. If you're selling a product, you didn't, you didn't have your Shopify set up correctly. Correct. Right. So the, the jump for all business owners is, Yes, you do need that step one, everything on point. But then when you work with the right companies such as us, we have you covered to two through five billion, right? A lot of companies out there um, will just cover your logo and that's okay, right? I'm not saying that there's anything wrong, but if you don't have all the other steps for them, in my opinion, you're not servicing your client to the best of your abilities. You know, you're, you're not being the expert that you say you are. Mm. So I want to say this, right? And I give I give all the credit in the world to Bill for helping me understand this. I've always been this fan that you got to be your brand's, your company's biggest fan, especially when you first launch, right? But I didn't really understand how branding drives revenue myself early on. When I launched Ironbound Media, right, Bill was like, get a flywheel. He's like, create a menu of products and services and dial in your branding. And this means your core purpose, your core values, bold beliefs, all this other stuff. I'm telling you, it's been off to the races, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm at a point now, and just before we went live, I was telling Drew, I'm starting to experience a lot of demand to the point I'm like passing my ability to service everyone, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm not doing anything too fancy, I don't think. Got a podcast going. I've worked with Drew with the cover art, right? Like I've made it abundantly clear in my messaging who I serve, and it's been a complete game changer. So again, we're talking about bringing everything together mm-hmm. and investing in making it abundantly clear about the niche you own, how to communicate with that target market and drive in that perfect customer. Yep. And when you have it streamlined, um, it, it works really well. Mm. And so I, I understand scrappiness. I'm all about scrappiness, right? When you first launch, get some paying clients, whatever. But just like my boy, Anton Aku drew, right? I said, hey man, your packaging if you're trying to punch above your weight, mm. we need to get something a little nicer. And he, boom, went straight to Drew. And now look what we got, Voyager Cold Brew. That's that's a great point, Mike, and something that I didn't touch on earlier, which is when we are talking with a client, or let me rephrase, when the client signs on, a big part of that is, a big part of our meetings and our structure is, has nothing to do with design, Hmm. right? Design is second, but for example, if we have a a client that is, uh, that just launched and they are a high-end streetwear brand, right? And without getting into the details, we're asking them what separates you from every other streetwear brand. Every other other person in the world has has an apparel brand these days, right? Everyone's cousin has one, right? So how, what's differentiating yourself into that logo and right. And everything about the structure and the business plan and the model and that authenticity that I spoke about earlier, 
bleeds into the design and the website and everything else. But if you're not asking your client the right questions that have nothing to do with design, that but has everything to do with strategy, then it goes back to you'll get a generic logo or you'll get a logo that the client doesn't love because they don't feel like their voice was heard. I don't remember, I don't remember who told me this, but the best design has three parts. The designer loves it. So the design company, we love it. We're super excited about it. The client loves it. They're all pumped up. They love it. And then most importantly, the market loves it. That is the best design possible. Mm -hmm. When you hit all three, you hit two out of three, that's okay too. But the best designs, the billion dollar brands, they hit all three. Right. Good. Like it. One of the things I want to ask you, uh, Bill, when you were redoing the Lions Pride, when you were rebranding, yeah. right? And I've actually, again, I keep throwing Bill some credit, right? But I'm one of those guys that likes to try to do everything myself. But I'm learning that, like, you're holding yourself back, you know? And you knew exactly who you were going after, Service Academy grads with the Lions Pride. Mm -hmm. But you were like, listen, I'm like 65. I'm out here in Jackson, right? I'm not the graphics guy that can go in and make the website and do all that other stuff, right? So you had to like do the best you can and then let go to somebody else. Yeah. So what's the question? The question is, how do you, like, like Drew said, a lot of these entrepreneurs aren't used to taking the risk. Right. To get that next level of marketing and branding, you got to invest in it. Right. right? It, you got to like you, you got to pay the money. Right? right. How do you encourage people to like take that risk? Wow. I mean, that's such a <clears throat> it's such an in-depth topic uh, that I have with, you know, 10 to 20 people a week who. <clears throat> you know, uh, Hey, I want to grow my business. You know, Hey, I want to start a business. Uh, they reach out to me and, you know, you know, when I tell them, um, when I tell them like what it's going to look like, I'd say at least 80% of them are, are more risk averse than they thought they were because I tell them things like that. I told one guy this morning, I said, everything that you tell me, told me just now is your business is not going to grow until you quit your job. You ready? No, he wasn't ready. And so his business is probably going to stay a side hustle forever. What, whatever he wanted was his income from his side hustle to match his compensation and benefits from his main hustle. And then he would quit. I said, Dude, there could be some magic pixie fairy out there uh, that will tell you how to do that. I don't know how. You got you to gotta have some guts here. And so I think, Mike, and I'll let Drew. Drew did this at one point. Drew had probably had a great job at one point, And then he quit. And it sucked. I quit my fat ass job with company car and expense account and all that. And I was going to replace my income in six months and it took me three and a half years. And, and, and thank God my wife didn't divorce me then, but she should have. It was hard <laughs> as hell. It was no fun. If entrepreneurship was easy, Mike, this is what I tell people. Everybody would have a freaking company and they'd be millionaires. It does not work like that. 
And that's why there are some people who should keep their job and do their job, maybe have a side hustle. And there should be the others of us that go out and, you know, buy small businesses or start small businesses. Mike, when you believe, when you know yourself really well, this is what I tell people. And this is the advice I'm giving to listeners. When you, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) when you know yourself really well, you've done some self-awareness assessments. You've done, you, you, you've gone through the hard work of looking in the mirror and know the man or the woman in the mirror. And you've identified through that process what your core purpose on this earth is. You will then have an intuitional feel, whether entrepreneurship, like this, this thing that you want to do to make the world a better place that you're going to charge people for. They're going to pay you something for that, whatever that is. You will know whether that's the right or the wrong path. And if it is the right path, then you will pursue that path at all costs. And that's when you push all your chips into the table because you know you have a winning hand. And that's what most people won't go into. That's not the process most people will go through. And I'm going to tell you here right now, everything that you think is going to go wrong with your entrepreneurial adventure will absolutely go wrong, even probably double or triple what you expect. It'll take longer, more money, and it'll be a zillion times more stressful. But I'm going to tell you something, and Drew's going to weigh in here in just a second. It'll be totally worth it. Could you fail? Maybe. Will you do it again? Yep. And you'll do it again until you get it right. Because when you go through this process, you know in your heart of hearts, your soul of souls, that you are an entrepreneur, Mike. And this then becomes the calling. I'm done with my prepared remarks. I yield to the senator from, I don't know where Drew's from, so I can't say that. I'm from New Jersey. I yield to the senator from New Jersey. I think, I think, Bill, you hit the nail on the head. I was telling Mike before we hopped on here, before we started recording that next week marks the fifth year of me jumping off the deep end and quitting my, uh, well, I actually got laid off from my agency job in Manhattan. I was an art director at a young age. I was on track to have a great career for somebody else. Yep. And I got laid off Mm -hmm. six months before that. I bought my first condo. I was with my fiance. Mm. Scariest moment of my life. I have bills. I have this. All of a sudden, I have no job. Yeah. So I didn't have a choice. My back was against the wall. Mm. So what did I do? I just kept it moving. Yep. And now, five years later, I now have partners and a team. And it's taking longer than I thought. Just like you said, but guess what? I'm here. And more importantly, five years later, it is the best thing that I've ever done in my entire life. It's also the goddamn hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. Bring it on. But the satisfaction that you have running a successful business and teaching people and hiring people and watching your team grow into your family is like the best thing you could ever experience. And until you try it, until you go all in, until Mm -hmm. that person quits their side hustle, until you literally jump off the deep end and have Mm -hmm. no security blanket, Mm -hmm. then you, then you won't get it until you do it. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of these people who are listening to your podcast, Mike, 
and listening to Drew right now are, are military veterans. <clears throat> you know, you can play, um, you know, uh, online games about combat, battle, fighting, uh, but that's not the real battlefield. Mm-hmm. You can pretend like you're an entrepreneur, maybe even have a side hustle. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, I'm not criticizing anybody. I'm only criticizing the people who were born to be entrepreneurs, to be small business owners and choose not to be. In other words, I believe that there are people who are called to that. They were born with that. Now, are there born leaders? No. Maybe there's a few gifted people out there who can become leaders. Are there born entrepreneurs? There's a few. But for most of us, it's, it's choosing it and then diving into it, just like you chose to become a warfighter. This, this wasn't you going to the library, learning about war fighting and then pretending to be one like dressing up and all that to become the real deal. You had to step into the training and execute. And this is what entrepreneurship is. So what Drew said was, okay, Drew got drew into it because he got laid off. But then he said, my back was up against the wall. Drew, you could have gotten another job. You could have gone to work at Home Depot. You could have done, you could have hauled garbage cans, you know, to pay the bills, but you didn't. You launched five years later. He said, it's the best thing I did. It was the hardest thing I did. Greatness comes from hard things. And the wealth that you can earn as a small business owner. I just talked to one guy this morning. His goal is 10 million in revenue and then sell the company probably for 20 million. You can live a hell of a good life. At a, at a so-called small $10 million company selling it for $20 million. So that's where it happens, right there. And so I know we're here for branding, and I know we've, I've kind of pivoted us toward entrepreneurship, uh, but I think, Mike, that's what you're calling to our listeners to be and to do. No, it's living with that risk. And that kind of gets the core of it of like, I believe this is going to pay off. Right. Mm -hmm. And I have to sit with this uncomfortability now. Mm -hmm. Right. Whether it's, you know, jumping full time in your business or paying somebody like Drew, you know, uh, to to rebrand your website and Mm -hmm. get you a good logo. I'm comfortable with it now, you know, because I've I've been living it. But I know what it's like for people on the other side of it Mm -hmm. that are scared to spend coin, you know, and it's like, listen, man, you want to be stuck on that. You want to be stuck on that hamster wheel and not have an admin like me? <laughs> or does it take a pandemic to be like, I can't do this anymore. I need help. Yeah, yeah exactly. I think the original question was, you know, how do you get a client to, you know, pay you that X amount of dollars to, to get you up and running? Even if it's five, ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000, right? I understand that that is not a small amount of money for, mm-hmm. for a lot of people, right? But in the reality, as a business owner, if you're serious about your business, and I'm not saying this because I'm biased. You need to build your brand. You can't afford not to mm. make a great first impression. Mm. Now, if you have the ability to make a first impression on your own, like me, if I started, you know, we have we have about 10 businesses collectively, my partners and I. It's easy for me to say that because I could go and make those websites and make the logos. But if I started something tomorrow, it's easy for me to say that because I could do all those things myself because I'm a designer. But if you, if, if you want to start a dry cleaning company, you know, in your local town and everybody has the same exact logo as you and the same exact <laughs> business card and the same exact storefront, right? Cause all this goes into physical design as well. Then mm-hmm. you're going to have the same amount of revenue as everybody else does. 
Mm. You're not going to separate yourself from the pack. But if you tweak one small thing about your brand, about your services, about your look and feel, about your logo, Mm. that could make you hundreds and thousands of dollars. Mike said it earlier, right? When you pay somebody to get your brand up and running, what you're really doing is getting a leg up when you get your foot into the door Mm. or we're even letting you get your foot into the door. Right. Because even your email signature, if you look like you're on point with the right logo, they're going to take you a bit more seriously. They're going to look you up on Instagram in 2022 and see how your brand is. Mm. If it's not on point, they're going to go with the other person that is on point. Yep. So I got a comment. Right. Mm. Are you early stage entrepreneurs? Right. For tuning in. You talked about something, though, going public. See, there's a difference. Right. I can be hustling and getting clients in the background, you know, validating the business model. But once I roll it out, mm. like you said, make a good first impression. When I did Ironbound Media, I did it different than any other hustle I ever done. I just went out and got paid clients, you know, yep. and I let the clients tell me who my brand was. Right. And after I had a portfolio of about, you know, five to 10, then I was like, I should go after veteran owned businesses. I was like, that's my niche. And I sent you the first draft of the cover art. And to Drew's credit, he kicked it back. He said, this is your first impression. You need to make it count. Because this was my first podcast specifically for Ironbound Media. Mm. Right? So I rolled out. So I still had to say is, I'm 100% with you, Drew. But I also want to make sure people do the grunt work and make sure they have something that is worth selling and use who's buying to drive their brand identity. Mm. Good point. Correct. I couldn't agree more. Now, there's been people that reach out to us at the design company. You're like, oh, I have this idea. I want to do this and I want to do that. We'll turn clients down because, you know, yeah, $10,000 is great. But at the end of the day, if if we know they can't get to steps two through five billion, then they're not worth it for us. Mm-hmm. Right. They're not our client. One thing that uh, I think is super important to touch on, no matter what business that you own, is especially if it's service-based, you need to align with your clients, right? Our, on our Instagram, our picture says, make cool shit, okay? If somebody looks at our Instagram or our you shirt- You know you have that on your website? Yeah, well, also, e- even the hat I'm wearing right now. Teasing. Right, so if somebody checks that out and they're appalled by it, I'm happy customer. that they, I'm happy they never emailed us, right? Because you just wasted my time responding to an email. So it's our energy that we put out. If you love our vibe, our look, and our feel, and what we're trying to do, then great, hop on board, and we'll grow together. Right. If you're resistant against even us having that motto or tagline, then we don't want to work with you, and that's okay. That's the biggest thing people don't understand. People get offended when they don't want to like. You need to be able to understand who your customer is. And it took me five years to get there, right? This mm. is something that I'm recently really understanding. And it's not it's not personal. It's not, we did a bad job, you did a good job, doesn't matter. It's, do you wanna work with this person for five years? Cause that's what a good client is. Do you wanna, will you go get a beer with this person, right? That's kind of how you need to look at it when you're marketing, when you're growing, when you're building, because you're trusting the clients, trusting the agency and the agency's trusting the client with Mm. hundreds and thousands, if not millions of dollars. So if you don't share the same values, 
or if you don't walk in the same direction, then it's never going to work out. It's going to be the second you sign that client that's not right for you, you're going to count down the days until they're no longer your client. And it doesn't matter how great of work you put out or no matter what, how hard you work. It just won't, it just won't work out in the end. Yep. All right. I got two quick questions for y'all. Mm. All right. So Bill, I'm listening to this podcast. I'm like, I don't have a brand. You know, I'm just out here in the wild. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm just like, I need to get a brand going. Mm. Right. What do you recommend they do to get started? Hmm. Uh, well, <clears throat> first of all, you need to uh, write Mike, um, write him an email. It's easy to get a hold of Mike. And uh, Mike and I will share with you some some badass tools that that have accelerated a lot of, uh, uh, you know, so-called startup entrepreneurs. And so we'll we'll return those by email and then you can just fill in the blanks. I would also recommend um, th three books. Uh, I, I know Dr Drew and Mike have some too, uh, but I'd like you, these, these are three of my favorites. Uh, write these down. Uh, brand colon, it ain't the logo by Ted Matthews. Uncopyable by Steve Miller. And your marketing sucks by Mark Stevens. These are three of the textbooks I've used to create uh, our branding uh, courses in, in the Lions pride, but they were also instrumental in accelerating me from the Mamby Pamby brand I had back in 2014 to what, what seems to work now with our audience, uh, in, in 2022. And Drew, I'm listening to this show. I've been running my business for a minute and my brand sucks, you know? So now I got to execute a rebrand of some sort, but I also want to make sure that, you know, I don't lose, you know, the clients I already have, you know, how do I successfully execute a rebrand? And the reason I ask you is you've done it just like Bill. When you transition from, uh, you know, O'Brien creative to the design company. I'll speak from personal experience. Like you said, when you're refreshing your brand, you need to leave your ego at the door. Mm -hmm. I, our old company name used to be called O'Brien Creative Group, and it was all about Drew. And Drew was the designer and the thought leader, and and everything had to have my touch on it. Whether, like I said, a dry cleaner or billion dollar brand, if you want to refresh your brand, go 100% dive into what you do. Be authentic. Everybody mm -hmm. could sniff out a poser brand, a brand that's trying to be like somebody else. And you need to find the right partner because listen, I don't know how to do my taxes. I don't try to do them. I pay my accountant. He's great at it. Right. So you need to do the same thing with your brand. You need to do the same thing with your podcast. I don't want, if I want, I don't want to start a podcast. I call Mike, right? Mike's an expert in that field. You need to align yourself with experts in their field. And that's how you're able to grow your brand. Mm -hmm. And the last thing about that refresh is don't overthink it. Because if you're working with the right person and the right team, it will be exactly what you want it to be. And it's scary. And if you're not ready to refresh, then don't do it. So I'm going to let Bill close us out, but I want to say this. Drew O'Brien is my go-to for everything design. Mm -hmm. Like I don't pass, if it doesn't pass his sniff test, 
I don't go public with it. Mm. And this has been going on for like five years now. Mm -hmm. And another thing he's very humble about is he serves veterans, mm. veteran nonprofits. He always reaches out to me every year and says, Mike, do you know a business that, uh, I, you know, he, he, he budgets to work with a client, you know, as his give back every year. And he reaches out and he asks me and a bunch of other business owners for recommendations, et cetera. Mm. And that goes back to just kind of let you know, like who he is, but Man, this is a great guy to have around. I'm telling you, if you need design work, hit Drew. I don't believe in scarcity. I don't have a scarcity mm -hmm. mindset, right? Mm -hmm. I don't I don't know if this is called the Ironbound Collective, Drew, <laughs> but it's like guys like you, you know, for the Dude. design piece. Hey, you need business coaching? Go talk to Bill, you know? But having a team of people around you that you can reference to each other, especially amongst, amongst us as veterans. Yep. And so, Bill, I'll let you close us out. Please. Thank you, Mike. I, I want to, well, first of all, it was great to finally uh, connect and hang out with you for, for a while today, Drew. So I look forward to uh, future opportunities in the future and congratulations on, on everything that you've done uh, at your agency. Mike, here's what I want to say. <clears throat> we are talking to kindred spirits and brothers and sisters who served in the military and uh, we do not belong to military services of one. We have brothers and sisters around us, whether they serve on ships, uh, in, on airfields, in, in foxholes, on beaches, whatever it is. We, we, we are a collective of badass humans. Then we leave the military and all of a sudden we become entrepreneurs and we think we're all alone. And that's the biggest BS lie you tell yourself. And sometimes you choose the lone wolf path. And that is a massive mistake. Everything that you are facing and struggling with and thinking about and growing and developing has been done before. Maybe not exactly for you and the way you want to have your business. But you know what? There are other marketing agencies out there that Drew learned from. He worked for one and Drew did it better. But it wasn't like Drew invented the marketing agency. It's not like Drew invented visual identity. He just does it better. He does it his way. Here's the advice. Please don't go alone. Please listen to this podcast. Please reach out to the people that are on this podcast because Iron Mike can picks them. Please reach out to Iron Mike. Please reach out to people like this on LinkedIn. Don't go alone. You're going to make rookie mistakes. And had you made a rookie mistake on a beachhead or a battlefield, you might be dead or somebody you were leading would be. And so you didn't do that. You took expert advice. You, you got help when you needed it. You, of course you made great decisions as a leader uh, or maybe as a follower. And now you're in business. It's no different. It's no different. So thank you, Mike, for collecting people like Drew. Thank you for collecting your audience and energizing them and uh, let's go build big things. Heck yeah. And before we go, I forgot to mention, Drew, where can people find you at? Mm -hmm. How can they get a hold of uh, the design company? You can find us at We Are The Design Co. on Instagram. And that's our website as well. Mm -hmm. www.wearethedesign.co. Bill, all I got to say is that was a mic drop right there. Thank you. Dog Whistle Branding is brought to you by the team at Ironbound Media, where we help veteran business leaders create, distribute, and grow 
branded podcast series in order to engage with their ideal audience. We believe that audio is the future of publishing, and we're committed to leading the movement for the veteran entrepreneurial community. You can learn more by visiting our website, ironboundmedia.com. This series is also powered by the Lions Pride, a professional training and coaching company for badass founders that serves mission-driven, high-performing small business owners with at-the-ready resources, battle-tested tools, and full-service support. We're proud to support veterans and other badass business owners at every stage of growth. You can learn more and get more at thelionspride.com. 